Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is a Babylon 5 watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And we come to you a bit frazzled at the moment, having spent the last 40 minutes trying to get squad cast working. Whatever it was, it was super embarrassing. <laughs> yes. I feel like I mean, we figured out the exact issue. Mm-hmm. And it is quite niche, but we we figured it out, and we're moving forward, and we're recording now. So yeah. we we endured forty minutes of torture to be with you, listener. <laughs> forty minutes of me speaking into the literal void, giving thumbs up, thumbs down, and a little <laughs> hand mouth speak for can you hear me's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna get into this. We're gonna lift our spirits with some plot poker. Hello. So I deal myself in. And get that good, good pack dopamine. Mm, I'm opening a pile of packs. I ended up with way too many packs. So uh, you've got you've got three or four packs. I have seven I will be opening right yeah. now. Get that good ASMR crinkle in there or whatever. Ooh. I got a, a Valen's War. I have Unstuck in Time. I feel like that's going in a pile. Ooh, I got 50 credits a week with Zach wearing the Night Watch. Yeah, those super important 50 credits a week. I don't have anything good yet. I've had three Deep Agents. Oh, I got Steel Babylon 4. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as we just spoke about off mic, we've already had some Babylon 4 subplot. Could have some more. Yeah. This card actually confirms a theory that we discussed. Oh, yeah? Do tell. So, so it is Naroon. It is Double Cross. Okay. And it is him giving the plans after he leaves the religious cast ship. Okay. So he was double crossing? <laughs> well, that's the thing. So. Or is he double-crossing them? (laughs) Yeah, he's double-crossing someone there. I don't know. Actually, maybe it doesn't confirm shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I have one from our episode today, I'm pretty sure, this screenshot for Thug. Oh, yeah. That That looks looks like like today, right? The card itself talks about Nightwatch, but I'm pretty sure that these thugs are our guys. I got journalistic integrity. Have we had Intel Zodelin yet? No. Oh, that's a nice rare card. All right. Look at that. Stick that in there. Get a good crinkle on this guy. It's not crinkling for me. I'm not hearing it. It must be like the lossless audio thing. Is it trying to suppress us? Well, we'll find out if the listeners actually get the crinkles or not. <laughs> oh, hey, there's Tiamoff, another wife of Londo. Yeah. I wonder if I get the set. I got a pack that's missing cards. <laughs> They're supposed to have nine. This pack only has seven oh. cards. Oh, that is rude. I can't imagine 12-year-old me buying this pack of cards with my hard-earned money and only getting seven cards. Devastating. Devastating. Well, I'm already on my last pack for today. This has gone quick. Oh, hey, I also got Entelseal to Lun. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm struggling with the twists pile today. I have a card that I've put in both problems and twists. Oh, I like Wife of Londo must have been like a deck archetype or something. Because I got a card that's Pestilence, Famine, and de Death. And it lets you draw the next Wife of Londo in your deck. Like that's you go through and find funny. the next one you find. That is quite clever. I'm taking my hat off to those card designers because that is very funny. All right. So, listener, if you've not heard us do this bit before, we've opened up a bunch of packs of the Babylon 5 collectible card game. For those keeping track at home, we are specifically opening the Shattered Dreams expansion. We separate these cards into four piles, characters, problems, solutions, and twists. And then we'll use them to craft the A and B plot of a hypothetical episode of Babylon 5, which we'll then rate on a scale of Babylon's 1 to 5. The patented scale. Yeah. As is our way here mm -hmm. on Who Are You? Listener, I must say, we've opened almost four boxes of cards now. Yeah. Right? Uh, if anybody's looking to get Laura a present for her birthday... I could really use some card storage. <laughs> <laughs> it is a mess up on this desk. Jafar, I'm so glad it's out of frame. It's horrible. <laughs> I have some card storage from my Magic the Gathering days. Uh, I had a leftover long box that has five or six channels in it. Yeah. And two of those channels are a bunch of old Star Wars collectible card game cards that I've had nice. since I was a child. Yeah. I bet those are And cool. I, I, I don't have any Babylon 5 cards left over from when I was a kid. I don't know where those ended up. But mm -hmm. one of those large lanes of cards is now just filled with the multitude of boxes of cards we've opened from this game. <laughs> it's really horrible. <laughs> I need to get down to the old vintage stock, take care of it. We got to figure out, this is, I think the Wheel of Fire cards are prohibitively expensive. Uh, those boxes, I haven't seen them for under a hundred something dollars a pop. And then the uh, the Crusade expansion, I, I'm guessing there was, there, there's a handful of Crusade cards floating around the internet as well. Also seems to be out of reach. I don't really, haven't seen those on eBay. So I think this will be the last expansion we end up getting, and we won't be able to do this bit into Crusade. Uh, but we should take a look and see if there is a Battlestar Galactica CCG and how much those boxes are, and maybe we can bring it back. Yeah, uh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. I've drawn an interesting Let's do one. This. I do believe that you are the A-plot, my good friend. Yes, and I'm still all face down, so we're going to do this off the cuff. Okay, do it. All right. Oh, well, our wives are coming to Babylon 5, Pestilence, yes. Famine, and Death. Get it. Uh, this is actually a plot from the show. So the problem is a shadow ship. Oh. And as we know, was it one of his wives? Or no, it was uh, it was Luxana Troy, Major Barrett, who had yeah. the vision of the shadow ship. And so Lando's wives are being escorted by Mr. Morden okay. this time, right? This is... We'll say this is uh, late season two, early season three-ish, whenever that would be appropriate in there. Mm -hmm. And this, we'll say early season three. So Kiefer has seen the shadow ship at this point. And so the ship that's coming with Mr. Morden on it, they there's traces, there's 
you know, they know what they look like now. And so when there's like a shadow or something out the side of the station from the one escorting Londo's wives and Mr. Morden, there's a whole hubbub. But what saves us is a Vorlon rescue. Oh. So the shadow ship has not made itself known. It's just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. And a Vorlon ship comes in and it just fucks off. Well, yeah. And my twist is, why are you hitting me? Which is <laughs> Zach Allen punching Veer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just happens in a panic. There's there's a panic outside with the shadow ship and the Vorlon ship and the Centauri ship and what's going to happen. And so Veer's trying to get the wives out of space TSA and yeah. Zach has to calm them down and just... Clocks him across the jaw. Yeah. Yep. That's, that seems legit. I would buy that. Okay. Well, I love <laughs> that you got Londo's wives because I have Lady Ladira, one of our seer ah. ladies. So I guess maybe we're just having like a girl's day on Babylon 5 and a whole bunch of Centauri women are coming to visit. And we know Lady Ladira is also a seer as she's going around the station and meeting people and things. She has a one of those classic visions about being unstuck in time. Oh. Yeah. And as we are dealing with the shadow ship and the Vorlon ship, uh, Lady Ladira needs to speak to Captain Sheridan. And she gives him the prophecy that when he is unstuck in time... It will be incredibly important to receive help from the solution to the problem, Zathras. Oh, hey. (laughs) It's Zathras. Yay. So I guess maybe she's just like going to foreshadow all of uh, the road home for Sheridan or Mm -hmm. some of the road home. But also, as the Centauri ladies are packing up, getting ready to leave, she has another vision. And -hmm. in that vision... She sees someone's head on a pike. Oh, boy. Yeah, she runs into Morden on their way out. Yeah. Head on a pike. How do you feel about that episode, Jafar? I, I think this is fun. Mm-hmm. This is, I think this is probably a pretty fun app. I think so. Uh, I, th- I think the, the head on the pike is fun, mm-hmm. especially if Veer has already said the line. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe the flash instead of like seeing the flash forward of the vision of it, right? Mm-hmm. We flash back to Veer saying that to him. Yeah, she's all like, "Oh, I have a vision of your head on a pike," and he thinks of Veer saying that to him, uh-huh. and it's nah. <laughs> <laughs> he gives one of those looks, one of those Borden looks. Yeah, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. I like it. I like any time we have a bunch of Centauri ladies show up in their fancy dresses and their nice makeup and no hair. <laughs> and we've got Zathras. Yeah, so this is solid. I'm gonna give this a four. This this feels much better than today's episode. <laughs> oh, spoiling the end of the podcast. There you go again, Shafir. I have been dreading every time I turn an episode on. I'm like, is this the one with the sex? <laughs> <laughs> And the answer today is yes. Yep. Here it is. Well, now you don't have to ask yourself that anymore. It's over. (laughs) Ugh. We have uh, Season 5, Episode 7, Secrets. 
of the soul. I was a little disappointed that there didn't seem to be any talk of the actual entity thing that we know of as the soul in this. It was more like the metaphorical soul. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is uh, any episode that gives you casual genocide and and telepath sex is a bad episode. (laughs) Just get it out of the way now. Does it have to be both or is it just one or the other? I don't know. Was there any casual genocide in the one where Talia Winters was like, Commander, do you know what it's like when telepaths make love? Oh, man. That's the thing. I don't remember. Like, there's a non- Probably not. Non-one amount of casual genocide in this show, I think, so. (laughs) It is possible that was that episode. I don't believe it was, but. Yeah. Yeah. I can't discount it until I go sit down and rewatch it. You know, we're going to get memes now. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We love the memes. We welcome the memes. Bring them. Bring it. Give us the memes, please. I make my day better. I did find it very nice and and apropos that Franklin was on my iTunes thumbnail for this episode. Since I know it's a Franklin episode a little bit, but also, you know, he was the one who was so into the whole soul thing, like really needed to know back in season one. So we bring up the word soul and he's there. Just waiting. Like, oh, we talking souls? Yeah. And it's a Franklin episode because we open on his personal log. Yeah. He's telling us what this episode is going to be about. Yeah. We open on that diary entry talking about his new role in the Interstellar Alliance. He's doing some testing on a, uh, with a Pac Mirage, I should say. (laughs) And he's intrigued how they don't get sick all the time. And we learn that Pac Mirage gets sick if they eat fish. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel, I'm so sorry. I have that in common. I can't eat fish. Yeah. I'm not allergic. Oh, okay. I just, my my body just immediately rejects it. Yeah. I do know that feeling. I had that feeling with deer. I tried venison and it was like, nope, we are not going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just, yep. Any, sometimes not even fish stuff. Just mm-hmm. like, sometimes... I get Thai food and they go a little heavy on the oyster sauce and the drunken noodle and put more than like a little teaspoon in there. Uh And that's enough. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I've tried the gamut of, oh, well, this isn't fishy, right? This will be fine. Mm -hmm. If you've ever said that about any kind of seafood thing, I've tried it. And the answer is it failed. (laughs) Up to and including alligator. Yeah. Uh, some alligator I reject, yeah. Mm. I like went and got alligator steaks and made a whole thing. And it didn't and work. And was going to give it a try and couldn't do it. Nope. The Cajun mustard I made to go with it was lovely. Hey, at least you got but, some kind of win out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you and the Pacmara not doing seafood. No um, apparently the Pacmara is also not doing barium, even though... Dr. Franklin <laughs> insists that it is safe. Just, oh, not going to happen. He ends up in the second row of a Gallagher show. The topical reference I made. So timely. I mean, at the time the show was on, it was a timely reference. Barely a timely reference by the time the show was on. <laughs> I mean, he was playing in Branson, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Some more refugee teeps come in at Space TSA. Lita's now in the full black with the cool ant haircut of the late 90s. Mm, yeah. 
we find out in the elevator to theme, one of the teeps is telekinetic. Yeah. They were supposed to be unstable, right? Sometimes, typically. Yeah. He seems to be very low telekinetic, though. He's, like, really struggling. Yeah, and they seem, you know, maybe his stutter is supposed to be telegraphing for us that he has been unstable and that his Mm -hmm. relationship to Byron has given him some stability. I'm not sure. But it's possible that like all of his teep buddies are just keeping his brain in check. Yeah, could be. That seems like a thing that they would do for each other. I really wanted this to be more of the plot. What is going on with our telekinetic guy? Is he is he totally together or not? Um, yeah. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with that. Um, I was a little disappointed they opened their fucking mouths in the elevator because they shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't need to, right? Yeah. It's all telepaths in that elevator. They should just switch over to talking in the brains. Yeah. Like we know they do. They should have been talking just... to Zach, but Zach was doing a lot of hassling. You don't really want to talk to that person, right? Yeah. After theme, Zach has questions about those people. You know, the ones who just gather. Uh-huh. Zach sounds like Clint Eastwood yelling at a chair here. He's doing that thing. Another topical. he's doing that thing that doesn't look good on any dude where well no and it doesn't work either i mean even if you are not jealous which obviously zach is jealous because he's not letting her in to see that he's totally just worried about her jealous yeah yeah um but you when you just sit a girl down and they're like boyfriend bad this boyfriend bad. It's not going to work, <laughs> my friends. Don't do it. <laughs> and right. Any person, really. Like, if, you, if that's your opener, you're probably not going to make a convincing argument to them in that conversation. You might win them over eventually and convince them. Other things will probably convince them that mm-hmm. we have a problem here. But instead, Lita just unloads on Zach everything that we've been noting up until this point that Lita's been used a lot by everyone around her. She hasn't gotten, you know, equitable compensation. No, it's been shitty. For everything. She kind of has superpowers that even other telepaths don't have. And no one has appropriately handled her. (laughs) So It's a giant problem. And she's been treated like shit for forever. And this is where we drop our hashtag justice for Lita. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't get it, but she deserves it. Yeah. And she's got a sense of community now. Okay, the community's a little creepy, and they live in a velvet-covered den, and they... They're not real big on doors. Not real big on doors. Wear a lot of black. Um, <laughs> they all hang around, hang out in the same room when someone's having sex. Um, yeah. But, you know, she really feels like they get her, and they love her. And Zach mm-hmm. is sitting here hassling everyone and not being very empathetic. So what are you going to choose? Yep. But in, in down below, we've got more people hassling the telepaths as we do. Yep. Some asshole punches Byron at his request because he, much like Marcus, can't ignore an opportunity to murder himself. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Three times he gets punched. Uh, 
pointing out that the next three times will not make this person feel any better. This is the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. This is econ. This is good shit. (laughs) Yeah. Do tell us, Professor. Yes. So the law of diminishing returns states that utility gained from any additional thing is always less than the utility gained from the one previously gained. So, for example, I give you a pizza. Yeah. This gives you 20 utility. Utility is the, like, offhand fake measurement for happiness, fulfillment, enjoyment. Basically, value that's not attached to dollars. Sure. Right? That's great. I give you a second pizza. Well, cool. This will feed the rest of the family. Dinner's taken care of now. Solid. Yeah. I give you a third pizza. (laughs) This is a bit much. Yeah. I give you a fourth pizza. What are you doing? I give you a fifth pizza. Where are these coming from? (laughs) I give you a sixth pizza. No, really, why do pizzas keep appearing in your hands? This doesn't make sense. I give you a seventh pizza. You are officially hassled. I give you an eighth pizza. I don't even have room in the fridge for this. Mm -hmm. I give you a ninth pizza. Please stop. (laughs) Indeed. And Byron points out that your problem isn't actually me. Your problem isn't us. I assume he Mm -hmm. means that your problem is actually capitalism. And punching (laughs) me isn't going to solve capitalism. So, so sorry. (laughs) And the rabble mob kind of feels unsettled, but they're like, okay, okay. this is weird. I guess Mm -hmm. we'll go now. We did what we could. Yeah. They, they know it's true. They know it's true, but they can't fight it. So they're going to have to think for a minute. <laughs> Unfortunately for them. We get Franklin sitting down with the Hayek ambassador tall after this. Mm-hmm. They are geritocracy. Interesting. by their eldest. Same Hayek. <laughs> as much as I wish that wasn't the case. Since this is such a serious case of old, we'll have to try our strongest treatment. They're wary of sharing information that could be used against them. Franklin understands and empathizes. The unspoken thing in here is that he's proven this during the Earth-Mimbari War. They don't know that. When he yeah. refused to get... They don't know that. Mm-hmm. But he could very easily be like, look, I had information on the Mimbari when they were genociding my people and I didn't turn it over to save my race. Yeah. You can check with Delenn. She's got the receipts. Sure. But the Hayek have a secret they will kill for to commercial. Yeah. So mysterious. Byron pontificates about the nature of violence only to stop to get his flirt on. Yeah. He's a... And this is when I was like, oh shit, this is the sex scene episode, isn't it? <laughs> and then he asks her to spend the night and I'm just all like, this is the sex scene episode, isn't it? <laughs> How many breaks did you take in between this moment and the end of the show? So that's a bit unfair of a question this time because <laughs> I did do laundry and I did, I had to do some stuff with the loaf of bread I was baking. Oh, okay. Now the loaf of bread was a coincidence in the timing. I knew I was going to have to do stuff around this time and pause anyways. Yeah. Okay. It just worked out to be around this moment. Mm-hmm. So give, give you some time to breathe, some time to accept that you were where you were. 
yeah. and you were going to have to do what you were going to have to do. Yeah. Yeah. We have to watch this sex scene <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Third or fourth time in my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not an episode I visit outside of a rewatch. I honestly didn't remember this episode. We've hit the point in season five that I was like, oh, yeah, nope, don't really remember this. Um, um, but I will say, I I know you watch as a family. I was under the impression that not always the son is sometimes too bored with the talking. So he was not here for this. Okay. Thank Jesus. Okay, good. Because I thought you, because we had discussed when we were like working at the timing of recording this episode, Mm -hmm. you said you were going to watch it yesterday. And so when I got to this point, I'm all like, it's too late to warn her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then when I'd message you about when to record, you're just like, oh, we just did. I'm just like, no, I could have warned you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, um, I think pretty much after the Shadow War, he kind of dropped off, which I think is appropriate okay. for his age. The big, scary monsters, so cool, you know, the black shadow mm-hmm. ships and stuff. And now it's a lot of space talking. Well, not all of it, but, you know, enough that a, lot of space an, talking. a nine-year-old boy is not hanging on, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so thank God when it came to this episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Lita's really horny for revenge, and Byron is horny for her. I think it's funny that his response to her always leaving is to organize a group hug with our <laughs> unpaid extra, or, you know, what is it? Yeah. They're no, not they're unpaid. unpaid. They don't. Yeah. Well, they're not getting speaking lines. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. They are less paid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Ugh. The Hayek only turn over 800 years of medical history. And they have, what, total 7,000 years of of species? Yeah, as a Mm. civilization. And so Franklin checks the database and finds that there is nothing in their history older than that. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Huh. He starts to investigate. Byron's people have been in the Zocalo, I think. And yeah. uh, Peter, our disciple of some trouble. Peter, our disciple of telepath Jesus, gets separated. He gets lost in down below, it seems like, and runs back into the mob. He's not a super powerful telekinetic yet because he tries to hit them with stuff he sees lying around. And he does hit them with stuff he, he sees them. laying around. Not enough stuff. And I'm guessing this is like the anger. We've, we've heard that can amplify yeah. powers. Emotions can amplify sure. powers. So I imagine that it's the like the anger and the adrenaline and stuff makes him be able to do more than float a ball for a couple of seconds, which is where he was in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he definitely like wasn't making that ball zip around. Right. Do things. Uh, you know, it would yeah. be more effective to like, I don't know, break their fingers or something. But I could see that being more difficult too yeah that's some hard telekinesis so i get it and he gets beat up to commercial yeah rush to med lab byron and lita go to visit byron shares his vision from med lab with the others so they can all see and be there and the teeps in turn telepathically set a dude on fire as revenge yeah um lots of unstable people here because we do see peter gets a little emotional and throws a bunch of flasks mm-hmm. at the wall yeah science seems like it'd be 
useful to leave somebody with him to maybe calm him down. But cool. uh, yeah, Byron and Lita both rush off because telepaths are setting the guy on fire in his brain. Byron's able to stop them, but Zach yep. happens to bust in at the exact wrong moment because mm-hmm. cops. Yeah, Byron's, he, maybe he killed that dude. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Byron's getting arrested. Yeah. And just like, how could you be this wrong, Zach? <laughs> He's but I guess been pretty wrong in this Garibaldi episode. Homeschool yeah. Security Club, you know? Yeah. It's really shining today. The teeps find the guy who's respons- actually responsible and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And then Franklin's search real yields a drowsy captain referencing the Hayek doe which is like oh well i've got to keep digging on that now yeah he's got a new google search term his google searches haven't been going very good so he's got a new one in the brig byron has been begging security to talk to his people um it feels like our telepathic powers work some places and they don't other places because <laughs> he like broadcasts Peter's experience to the others right in mm-hmm. med lab but now he can't speak to them he can't get a hold of them without security going to get his people I yeah I was like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> I guess maybe security's in a different part of the station so we gotta just live with that but yeah, it's, oh, I can share my vision with you, but I can't tell you to not beat that dude up that I'm watching you beat up mm-hmm. in your minds. Yeah, I can't get that back to you. Yeah. <laughs> but Franklin takes his information that he finds after mm-hmm. he's been Googling the Hayek Doe and immediately gets kidnapped while he leaves Med Lab. <laughs> yeah, he prints out a bunch of stuff because he's at work, so you got to use the office printer. Yeah, don't use your it's home like the printer. the main reason you have a job. And the uh, Hayek Attache grabs Franklin at gunpoint, and they give him the lowdown on their genocide. We learn that they need the Hayek dough genetically, though. They're slowly dying out due to an inability to conceive children. They want his help, and he refuses, saying them denying their history makes them complicit in it. Okay. That's a stance. It feels pretty strong. Um... I mean... This is the equivalent of saying that Holocaust deniers mm-hmm. are Nazis. I mean, and it's a real slippery a, slope, ain't it? There's a Venn diagram there. Mm-hmm. There's some overlap in that Venn diagram for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's I don't think it's the same circle. It gets it gets real slippery. It's close. Yeah. But it's not You can have some people who are just dumb and wrong. Yeah. Who aren't total fascists, I, I guess. Um, I'm sure that person exists. I don't know them. Yeah. But our circles run a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Statistically speaking, I assume that person exists. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a stance. Um, but he's not refusing to help entirely. He's just wanting them to be truthful in order yeah. to get help. And logically they're going to have to be right because they're like well you can help us and he's like i am one man (laughs) (laughs) and this is a problem that has spanned several lifetimes now right because you genocide they genocided these people 800 years ago right so that's several generations Hmm. those kind of problems don't get fixed by one person in one lifetime yeah so 
I think that the, what would you call it? The geriatrician? <laughs> <laughs> the oldest Hayek who has... Uh, Meemaw, if I had to guess. <laughs> Meemaw has uh, correctly decided that, hey, we do have to tell somebody about this. And we probably are going to have to tell everybody about this if we want any yeah. more grandchildren, you know, great-grandchildren. Yeah. So they're going to let the genocide cat out of the bag and appeal to the league for help. Yeah. Zach Freeze Byron, who is righteous as fuck about it, mm-hmm. Lita walks with Byron from security to his place, and he's upset. He expects his people to be better than violent. And then Lita offers to be his fucking tree to sleep under from a couple episodes ago, which Ooh. is not subtle at all. Yeah, yeah. And then the fucking starts. They are having some telepathically loud sex, right? <laughs> oh, that's actually my question. So do you think the rest of the telepaths wake up because of the psychic nature of the sex mm-hmm. or because Byron has a sheer window curtain for a door? It's both, right? It's got to be It's both. both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we get scenes, if you didn't force yourself to rewatch this episode, dear listener, I don't blame we're you. We're not, yeah, we're we not judging. Scenes... This is not a judging podcast. We're not no. completion. We're completionists, so you don't have to be. I am such not a completionist. I have an entire podcast about what not a completionist I am. (laughs) Go check out Last Time On, on your favorite podcatcher. Um, So we get scenes of this telepathic sex interspersed with plastic babies and text test tubes and telepaths crying. Yeah. (laughs) This is so bad. So weird. So weird. Uh, like they're little alien babies some of the times mm-hmm. and then there's like cgi scores of test tube people everyone gathers outside byron's curtains because i'm guessing this is just a swinger society at this point yeah i mean it's just group sex all the time right because you can't yeah i mean when somebody's being so loud and you all have no doors and no walls and everything's curtains might as well yeah. it, if it didn't feel like a cult enough yeah man have you watched that documentary about the cult in michigan by the way was that the mother goddess thing or is this a different one oh no 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 best watching that right now i've seen some of it this was this was popular a couple months ago um the the two hearts or whatever the two souls no i don't think i've no twin flames thank you here from the other room wait i have heard of this i did not watch it Okay, yeah. So this is local for me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> local cults are always extra interesting, right? Yeah, the area where the this compound is like ten miles. <laughs> it's Neat. it's real close. Like I am friends with a guy who went to high school with the cult leader. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, big cult vibes, big sex cult vibes. Yeah, and. So I think we need to... Not that all sex cults are wrong. I mean, cults. eh. Yeah, cults are problem. Not not all interesting sex practices are cults. Yeah, I'm not going to yuck any ums on your group sex listener. 
more power to you. Sure. Everyone's a consenting adult. Uh-huh. The problem with cults is that not everyone is a consenting adult. Right. They're being mentally abused into thinking they're a consenting adult. And so. we got to circle back to well, oh. before yeah, they have their incredibly telepathically loud sex. Um, Coitus interruptus. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Lita talks about, well, for one thing, I got to go back to this. She okay. takes off her jacket and has nothing else. No bra under her jacket. Or, shirt or anything. And I'm just like, wow, that's wow. That's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Oh my god. But as she's taken off her jacket and she's just no bra, just there hanging in the breeze, talking to Byron, she says that she doesn't know she hasn't had sex with anybody since she got her time in the Vorlons and got altered and she doesn't know like what's going to happen. And, you know, yeah, maybe some things might bleed over, you know, she's talking about the experiences and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I think some of her emotions done bled over my friend, because Byron was pretty committed to nonviolence. Lita was the one who was like, "Eh, maybe violence, maybe a little as a treat. Touch of violence is a treat. Yeah. And uh, he takes this whole thing really hard. Yeah. So. It is rough. Byron has learned the truth. The genetic interference of the Vorlons created telepaths everywhere. And they are owed a world. Or else. I choose violence. He might done choose violence, guys. I believe where this is going is that they're just going to get state state secrets and blackmail everyone. Uh, okay. Uh, is that a form of violence? To be, perfectly, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, Day of the Dead is where I stopped my last rewatch. Mm. And we, that's we, coming which up. Is, that's the next episode. Yeah. So we've got that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to be fuzzy for the next 15 episodes and then it will be where I picked up again. Because I just skipped a chunk to get through this shitty storyline and jumped back on towards the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. He sounded pretty fired up. So I took it as Byron choosing violence. But maybe not. Well, he may. We won't find out next episode, though, because we've actually both watched this one recently. Yeah. It's a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but we've got to rate this one before we... Oh, we do have to rate this episode. Yeah. Do we? Do we? Do we have to rate this episode? I don't even want to say fuck this episode. I just want to not. Just we're just good. <laughs> we do we just skip this one. Telepath sex. I mean, okay, let's revisit though. The stuff with we... Franklin and the Pacmara is fun in the beginning. <laughs> the stuff with the Hayek is interesting at the very least. How culpable do you hold someone for a genocide that their ancestors committed 800 years ago? Mm-hmm. What is that line? Mm-hmm. There is there is stuff in this episode that is redeeming. Yeah. And that it is, is a very valid question. That I think we are asking ourselves that question not necessarily with, well, I mean, we are with genocides as a country, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, lots of First Nations. Yeah. Well, that's uh, something experience. that we should be asking ourselves as Americans. A hundred percent. And it's something that we don't, notably. I think some people are, and other most of us are not. And notably, our government is not, which is, I mean, mm. kind of needs to yeah. be the one leading that kinda, charge. Kind of going to do the thing. And then, you know, of course, things that 
maybe weren't genocide, but were also extremely wrong happened in this country. And like, mm-hmm. how do we grapple with that as well? Yeah. So that is a very interesting question. And I think we didn't, I don't know. We didn't know the Hayek really well. We've probably seen this alien makeup before. Yeah. But we haven't really spent any time with the race. So it didn't feel like it had a, like a ton of meaning. <laughs> Yeah, is this more impactful if it's the Narn? Yeah, or even the Drazi. We've had some stuff with the Drazi. Well, we've kind of already, they've kind of already done minor genocide, right? Didn't we have that a couple episodes back? Yeah, we just a couple episodes ago, they were picking on their neighbors. Yeah, yeah, so. That was the Drazi, right? It was the Drazi. Um, Um, And the Centauri already, we know they already did this. Yeah. Londo uh, laughs about it. Right. Um, and even Franklin acknowledges that humanity isn't exactly in the clear here with the Neanderthals. Although they just died out. Uh-huh. Yeah. How? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How? Uh... Yeah. States rights for what, buddy? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I don't know. I felt, I just wish that maybe we'd had a little more time with the Hayek for it to have a little more weight. In the question. Yeah. Even the Byron stuff in this episode before the fucking. Not terrible. like, yeah, you know, there's something to be said for watching someone successfully de-escalate a violent situation. I wish she doesn't murder herself as much, but whatever, that's his thing. It's not all bad. Yeah. 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 It's just the end of this episode is just so bad. And I think, honestly, if it was just the sex and the people watching... Even maybe some stuff with just Vorlots, mm-hmm. just like that. But the, it's the test two babies <laughs> that are just so bad. bad. Yeah. It just pulls you right out of anything else that could possibly be going on. Yeah. Well, and so I'm asking myself, obviously, we have watched the show before and we have also done our book club. So we mm-hmm. have had this reveal that we've sat with for a long time. But yeah. was this... A reveal in the show at this point? That the Vorlons no, did it? this is known. No? This is known. Okay. Yeah. It's known it's, amongst our... It's not our... widely known. Yeah. Like, Bester... Bester, Bester obviously know knows. It, yeah. Because of the Psychor books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Lita knows. Yeah, I mean... I think... And Lita's told Sheridan. Yeah. Okay. That so... the telepaths were created. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that whole thing is supposed to have a lot more weight because now it's a non-altered telepath finding out one of some influence. You know, we've got Bester who obviously knows, but he's a bad guy. I think it's mm-hmm. supposed to have a lot of emotional weight there. And I just don't feel it. I don't know. Yeah. Same. I think if this episode didn't have the test tube babies, if I can just remove just that from this episode, it'd probably be a like two five for me. Mm-hmm. But I can't remove the test tube babies. Yeah. So we're we're, we're going to give this a one five. It's really just the last couple of minutes that are really bad. It reminds me a lot of uh, the episode with Freddy Krueger. Where it's just the last couple of minutes are just terrible, but the episode itself isn't that bad. It's Gray Seventeen is missing. I'll give it a two. I mean, it it swung for some big questions. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't 
I don't know. It wasn't quite as effective for me as it could have been. Oh, and you want to know something very funny? So I pulled up hmm. the synopsis on the Babylon 5 wiki for this episode yeah. because I wanted to check myself on a couple things. Have we heard Byron referred to as Byron Gordon at all in the show? I don't think so. I think it might have been in the books, but I don't think we've heard his last name. And this synopsis refers to Byron Gordon and then refers to him by his last name, Gordon, the whole time. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I have only ever heard him called Byron. What an interesting thing to do. <laughs> when you look at his character, he's only listed as Byron, but in the synopsis, mm -hmm. he uses his last name a whole bunch. <laughs> That's weird. It was really weird. It was it took me out of the the reading experience for a little bit. Well, tell me, what is the uh, tagline for next episode, which we've already spoiled as Day of the Dead? Yep. So we've got season five, episode eight, Day of the Dead. Listener, if you want to hear us talk about this episode and you can't wait a week, head over on to Yum Yum Podcast and listen to their coverage of this episode, because Laura and I guested with Ryan and Rachel and had a lovely time with our favorite Australian Babylon 5 podcast. Yes. Very favorite. Uh, talking about this episode. Of the many. Uh and in turn, we have a guest joining us next week as well. Victor from Dominion Media Television and Last Time On is going to be joining us along with Penn and Teller as they visit the station during a macabre alien aberration. Station residents meet spirits of the dead. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so I look forward to week. talking to Victor about this one. I am interested. I know Victor has a cultural perspective on the Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. That is something that I don't have any experience with firsthand, so I'm really looking forward to hearing his his view of things. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, it's going to be a fun conversation. You know, I mean, I get to podcast with Vic every week these days over on Last Time On. So we've built a bit of a rapport. Yeah. You know? So fun. I yeah, like listening to you guys go through Stargate. It's very fun. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun doing that podcast for sure. I just, I was taking notes on season seven, episode two, which airs in two weeks for ahead of us talking right now. <laughs> but will have aired a week ago by the time this episode airs. <laughs> wow. I don't know how you're keeping it straight, dude, but I am in awe. I admire spreadsheets. you. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple spreadsheets is the answer. Just like the answer to who do we thank is Jeremy Siegel. Always. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing our theme music. Really appreciate it. You can find Jeremy's work at jeremysegal42.bandcamp.com and on streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. And Nuclear Jaguar just released their last year's greatest hits album. <laughs> Did they? Indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So go, go listen to that wrap up. And thank you to Angry Deck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast. I know that the uh, the card segment has lots of awkward pausing as we read cards in open packs, and that can't be easy. And I assume it sounds better than it sounds when we record it, because I've <laughs> never listened to this podcast to know. <laughs> Definitely. But thank you. 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us. I hope you enjoyed the telepath sex episode. <laughs> if not, at least us talking about it. Sure. If you if you need to unload anything about this episode, you can send it to whoareub5 at gmail.com. Or you can hit the Discord. The Discord. And we can all talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> if we must. <laughs> We'll see you next weekend. Yeah, take care. <laughs>